Fired Up show starts right now. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Fire It Up right here on WJMS Media. This is Steve, your host. And once again, we are going to take a look at the political system here in the United States. So I want to thank everybody for joining in. And without further ado, let's start it off as we always do with our COVID update. Uh, we are at 104.5 million cases. 1.14 million people have uh, died from the disease and 675 million people have been vaccinated. I was going through the CDC website uh, tracking data on COVID and all of the categories uh, over the last uh, week or few weeks are continuing their downward trend. So that's a positive sign. Uh, however, uh, balance that with the news that there's a new variant uh, out there that is uh, gaining a foothold in the United States. It's called Arcturus. And right now, according to uh, data and statistics from the medical and scientific community, uh, it is showing about a 7% rate of reported COVID cases uh, in the United States, and that varies by where exactly you're looking. So we'll keep track of that, and we'll keep you posted. But in the meantime, make sure that you are protecting yourself through all of the established means, masking, social distancing, uh, hygiene, and washing hands, and so forth. So let, let's keep working to drive the COVID rate down uh, as far as we can. All right, so uh, wanted to pick up on something I mentioned toward the end of the last podcast I did, uh, where I was talking to uh, the younger generations, uh, the Gen Y and Gen Z group uh, particularly, and I had mentioned that in the last election, uh, Gen Y and especially Gen Z showed up in large numbers in the voting and made the difference in many races around the country. And I made mention of the fact that uh, now that uh, the Republicans have seen the power of the young vote, that uh, they would be coming after you uh, much like they have uh, come after um, you know, the BIPOC group, uh, black, indigenous, people of color groups in America in terms of restricting and disenfranchising their vote. Uh, so, you know, we're uh, starting and there's an article that came out uh, just this past week. And I saw it and, you know, thought for a quick second that maybe, you know, I, I was a little bit clairvoyant that I could, you know, somehow see into the future. Uh, but I know better than that, because if I had that ability, I'd have hit the lottery long before now. But uh, that, that being said, uh, there's an article in Bloomberg uh, titled, The GOP is Making It Harder for College Students to Vote. And uh, the article talks about how uh, Republican lawmakers are making it harder for students to cast ballots where they attend school after the GOP suffered stinging recent electoral losses, largely due to a historic surge in turnout from younger voters who were backing the Democrat Party. Uh, specifically, they mentioned uh, new law in Idaho uh, bars the use of student identification cards uh, and uh, you know, the ability to use tuition or college housing receipts as a form of voter ID 
which was long a popular option uh, with students uh, who did not have a valid state driver's license. Uh, so there are at least 11 other states uh, that have introduced similar legislation, uh, including you know, the, the battleground states, Pennsylvania and Nevada. Uh, other bills have targeted student voting, such as one in Texas that would bar college campuses from serving as polling places. So this is based on the fact, as I mentioned, that younger voter turnout surged uh, in areas around the country. Um, for, for example, in the recent Supreme Court election, um, and you know, in, in addition to hinging on abortion rights, helping Democrats regain the court majority, uh, the former Republican Gover Governor Scott Walker uh, tweeted that younger voters are the issue, blaming years of radical indoctrination in schools and social media and calling for conservatives to come together to work harder to counter liberal indoctrination to save America. Well, to translate that into more basic uh, English, uh, what he is saying is that um, younger voters came out in droves and uh, drove a uh, big shift in the outcome of the Supreme Court election in Wisconsin and by extension in uh, races and other uh, categories and, and parts of the country. And you know their, their comment to work harder to counter liberal indoctrination to save America, uh, what that is code phrase for is find ways to disenfranchise uh, college voting. Uh, and already the proposals are coming out. Um, you know, one is you know, a uh, proposal to uh, restrict, limit, or eliminate uh, you know, polling places on college campuses. Uh, you know, one of the quotes was, you know, the way it stands now in some areas, uh, college students can roll out of bed, go vote, and then go back to bed. Uh, so, you know, they are going to be looking at how they can curtail the availability uh, of uh, polling places and, uh, you know, drop boxes, ballot returns, and so forth uh, on the college campuses or in the vicinity of college campuses to restrict or limit the uh, availability of college students uh, to get to record their votes. So, you know, again, and, and I believe we've talked about this on prior shows, uh, one of the things that the current Republican uh, strategy book says is when you find a weakness, uh, legislate against it. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, in, in recent months uh, at the national level, uh, there is legislation that uh, has and is being floated that would make it illegal for uh, you know former uh, presidents or, or former elected officials uh, to be uh, prosecuted um, by you know the, the current administration. Clearly, a a result of the recent indictments of uh, former President Donald Trump in the state of New York. Uh, in, in other cases, uh, there have been efforts, and we saw this in Tennessee, to 
remove you know outspoken leadership uh, on certain issues uh, and if you think about the so-called Tennessee three uh, that is the three uh, uh, Tennessee Congress people who stood up with student protests uh, in the Senate in the House chamber in Tennessee rather uh, against the uh, gun violence that claimed the lives of six people, including three nine-year-old children uh, in that state. Uh, so as we talked about on prior podcasts, uh, the, the responses that the uh, governing body could make uh, would include you know, a reprimand, uh, a censure, uh, and uh, expulsion. Well, they skipped over the first two and went straight to expulsion and successfully expelled two of the three Tennessee members, uh, both of whom uh, happened to be uh, black males, and not uh, expelling by a margin of one vote uh, the third member, uh, who was a white female. Um, and, you know, the... the National media and and critics went wild with the allegations of racism, and you know you can you can make that argument, um, and it, it's probably a pretty good argument uh, in that case. Uh, you know, it ended up being that the two ousted uh, members were returned to their seats by a vote of their districts, uh, yet they will still need to go through. Uh, special elections uh, later on this year to officially be re restored uh, to their congressional seats in the state of Tennessee. It's widely anticipated that both of their campaigns will be successful. Um, but it, it goes to a couple of different points that I want to make in this episode. Point number one is how we must, as, as the voters, we must always make sure that we are engaged with what is going on in our, our legislatures, whether it is the state level, the local level, or, or the federal level. Uh, but most importantly, as we've learned over the last few months, uh, the uh, state uh, elections uh, are becoming more and more critically important to how things get done in this country. Uh, this country has always been one where the real power uh, over the, uh, the population lies with state legislatures. Uh, the federal government, um, you know, the, the House, the Senate, uh, and you know, the executive branch, they set directions, but in terms of uh, impact on your daily life, you are much more impacted by your state government and your local government than you are by your federal government. So, you know, while it is, is very important that we maintain uh, communication, contact, uh, and discussions with our federal uh, elected officials, it is even more important that we uh, engage with our local elected officials, not to mention the fact that, for the most part, you can have a much greater impact with your state legislatures legislators, excuse me, than you can uh, with the federal. And I, I can speak to this from, you know, personal experience of having, you know, my uh, state representative uh, engage with an issue uh, 
when I was uh, furloughed from work for COVID and where I could not get any resolution in, in dealing with it. Once I brought it to the attention of my state rep, uh, it was resolved in fairly straight order. So say that to say, you know, make sure that you are staying engaged with your uh, elected officials. And this is particularly true, as we've said, uh, for you know, voters between ages 18 and 29 uh, and you know what we saw in the last election cycles were, uh, according to the article in Bloomberg, for example, in November, voters between 18 and 29 backed Democratic House candidates by 28 percentage points, the second largest margin in three decades and the strongest showing for Democrats among any age group. Uh, turnout among that age group is also at 30-year highs, hitting 27% in the 2022 election. Now, the thing that, that troubles Republicans is that these young voters, these Gen Y and Gen Z voters, uh, and, and those that are coming of uh, voting age in time for upcoming elections, uh, are overwhelmingly uh, or increasingly, yeah, overwhelmingly, uh, supporting uh, Democrats uh, for elected office over Republicans. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting that, you know, while, while Republicans are, are saying in some cases that, you know, they're voting on, on a, quote, vibe, close quote, uh, many uh, observers are saying they're not voting because of vibes, they're voting because they are paying attention to the issues. And that's the broader and more important message that needs to get out to um, our young people. Uh, get engaged, something that we talk about here uh, all the time, and stay engaged. Another point that we see is uh, increasingly uh, these changes to the process and procedures of voting in many of these states, and you know, particularly the red, the so-called red states, um, are aimed at uh, correcting problems that really don't exist. Uh, for example, it, it's noted um, by um, the the director of Common Cause Ohio that uh, asked about why the change was needed there. Uh, she replied saying, quote, our secretary of state has said for years that Ohio runs model elections, setting a standard for the entire country. And yet suddenly there's a desire to change them. Uh, it is perfectly legitimate to ask what's driving these sudden changes. And that's a valid question no matter where we're talking about. Uh, many times what we have heard in the news and what we've heard from the media has been that the arguments that were being raised for the, the necessity for, you know, stricter voting controls or, you know, rearranging uh, the locations of drop boxes was to correct problems in the, the election process. And on, when you analyze it, uh, the problems they're citing don't really exist. So, you know, again, we need to make sure that we are paying attention. We need to make sure that we are keeping up with what's going on and why it's going on and, and ask the questions, ask the questions publicly so that it, it, it starts a discussion 
on you know what is important uh, to to us versus what is important to our elected officials versus what is important to uh, the lobbyists and other groups that uh, send them money. And you know if a, an elected official is paying more attention to the lobbyists and to the campaign funds that are coming in rather than to the people, then that's the problem we need to address. And uh, it, it is part of an ongoing discussion and we need to stay engaged, stay involved. And for you younger people out there, as I've said, uh, it, it is time to get engaged with the system. It is time to uh, get registered if you're already uh, of legal voting age. And if you are not, or if you are going to be uh, of legal voting age in time for the upcoming elections, particularly in 2024, make sure that you go ahead and you know get the information you need to register to vote. There are some states that have uh, allowances for uh, individuals who will be uh, 18 uh, years old uh, by election day to register ahead of election day and and get their names on the rolls so that when it comes time to uh, to uh, formally register to vote, you're already there. Uh, and the last point is for everybody, uh, make sure that in, a, in an ongoing basis that you periodically check your voter status. Uh, you can go to ballotpedia.org. Uh, you can go to, uh, I believe it is uh, vote.org. Uh, there are all kinds of, of locations where you can verify the status of your voter registration. So, you know, crack open the search engine of your choice and, uh, you know, ask the question, where can I check my voter's registration status? And you will get uh, more than a few responses to help you with that. Um, and, and finally, of course, the most important part is uh, get engaged, ask the questions, do your research, and then go out and vote. Vote for candidates that, you know, that, that believe as you believe. Uh, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, independent, libertarian, whatever, uh, vote for the candidates that uh, earn your support. Vote for the candidates that you know think as you do uh, and uh, that you agree with. And you know, make sure you let them know that you are voting for them because you agree with their positions on X, Y, Z issue, whatever they that may be. Uh, and keep that communication going. So. There's a lot to, uh, to be done with regard to voting here in the U.S. Um, our system, while it is the most representative and the most uh, in engaged of uh, any voting system anywhere, uh, it is still, it's not perfect. There are things with our uh, election process and our voting system that we need to address. And that also should be part of the conversation. So there is a lot to be engaged with. And again, for you uh, young, younger people, those of you who are in the 18 to 29 range or who will be um, you know, of voting age by the time of the election, now is the time to get your education on, to, uh, to dig wider, dig deeper, as we always say on this show. 
and to make sure that we are getting our information sources from more than just one uh, segment of the information supply. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you are conservative, liberal, or somewhere in between. Uh, check out other sources. You know, if, if you're a conservative, go check out what the liberal media is saying so that you're aware of what their talking points are. Same thing vice versa. If you are a liberal, you should be checking in with the conservative sites to get their, to get their say on the issues of the day. Uh, again, the truth usually and always lies in the middle somewhere. So if you get all your information from one side, you're missing half the puzzle. So uh, just more points, and we will be talking a lot about this in the coming weeks and months as we now move into the official action stage of campaigning. And of course, you know what that means. It's, you know, side A is going to be putting out all kinds of campaigns against side B, and side B is going to be talking trash about side A. And all of that stuff is going to uh, consume front and center in the media outsourcing and, and output that we see over the coming months. Uh, and, you know, if you've been a, a follower of this, sh of this show, uh, that's nothing new. We, we've gone, we went through this in 2022. We went through it in 2020. So, you know, the, the key is, one, uh, keep it locked here. Keep, uh, keep listening to the podcast here on Fired Up. Uh, and, you know, I will do my level best to make sure that uh, I, I dig in and give you information that you need to help you make an informed decision, regardless of, of which side of the aisle you're on. Um, and also to make sure that you're, you're paying attention, that you are getting your information from multiple sources and making your own decisions. Uh, I, I will never try to tell you which way to go in an argument. What I will do is I will give you as much information as I can lay my hands on uh, to present to you so that you can uh, exercise your critical thinking skills and come to your own conclusions. Uh, you know, whether, whether you vote Democratic or whether you vote Republican or whether you vote Independent, Libertarian, or whatever, uh, my role is not to tell you uh, who to vote for or what to vote for. My role is to give you the information you need to back up the reason why you have to vote. Uh, and y you do. You know, what we have seen in, in recent years uh, with the attacks on, uh, you know, disenfranchisement and the attacks on uh, so-called voter integrity issues, which turned out to be non-existent. And, of course, all of the things that went into uh, the big lie that was was put forward uh, in the last presidential campaigns and since then. Um, you know, the only antidote to that kind of attack is information. So one of the things that, you know, you can hopefully count on from Fired Up right here on WJMS Media is that, you know, we are going to give you as much information as we can so that you can make an informed decision, regardless of, of who you decide uh, at the end of the day, what happens when you go into that booth. It's private, and it's best that way. 
You know, nobody should uh, tell you who to vote for. Uh, they should be telling you why you need to vote for a, a particular cause or a particular person um, and, and treat it as an education toward a purpose and not a directive toward an end. So, you know, it, it's, it's critical that as we always say here on this program, dig wider, dig deeper, be informed, be educated, and be active. Uh, particularly now as we move into the, the uh, active part of the campaigning process, uh, there's going to be a lot of information coming at you from many different sides. Hopefully, you know, we here on Fired Up will be able to uh, arm you with enough information and insight to help you make your informed decision. The key word there is your, um, not our decision for you, but your decision for yourself. So, you know, like I said, keep it locked. Keep coming back. Uh, we will keep giving you uh, the information that we can. We will keep bringing you uh, stories that may not be getting uh, a wide amount of coverage in the mainstream media uh, and hopefully help you to make you know, those informed choices when it comes time to pull that lever. So with that being said, uh, let's let's take our first break here. Uh, and we are going to be um, presenting a public service announcement to you uh, regarding something near and dear to our hearts here at WJMS Media, and that is the upcoming Lung Force Walk in New York City. Uh, we'll, we'll go through the PSA, and then I'll come on the other side, and we'll talk a little bit about that. So stay tuned. This is Fired Up. I'm Steve. You're you. And I hope you stick around for the second half. WJMS Media is proud to be the Raise Your Voice media sponsor for the American Lung Association's Lung Force Walk. Join us at Pier 16 South Street Seaport, New York, New York on May 13th at 9.30 a.m. Walk with us to help us raise funds and critical awareness to end lung cancer and other chronic lung diseases. To learn more about participating or making a donation, visit www.lungforce.org NYC. Your donation and participation will help support the American Lung Association's research innovation, which leads to early detection for all and better treatments that give everyone a fighting chance. Small steps, bold strides. And welcome back to Fired Up right here on WJMS Media. Uh, thank you to the uh, Lung Force Walk sponsors, and we look forward to uh, participating as a team. Team WJMS will be in the house, y'all. Uh, and if you want to participate with us, uh, you're welcome to join us down at the pier on uh, May 13th. Uh, you can find out more information. Go to the WJMSRadio.com website and you'll see the box for the uh, upcoming Lung Force. If you click on that, it'll give you all the information you need as well as a space down at the bottom where you can uh, find Team WJMS in the search for teams. And that'll take you to our team page where you can find out uh, what we're doing. And also, and, and we, we hope that you would consider uh, you can donate to the team to help sponsor us for the walk. 
So go to the website and check it out. I will leave a link to the page on my uh, show Facebook page, facebook.com slash radio, and you can feel free to access it there. Uh, but we hope that you will help us out. Uh, defeating lung cancer is, as I said, something that's very near and dear to our hearts here at uh, WJMS Media. All right, with that being said, um, let's get back into uh, the political news going on. And I wanted to make mention of uh, something, again, following up on a story that I uh, started with in the last podcast episode, and that is the ongoing battle between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the Walt Disney World uh, theme park in Florida. For those of you that may not be aware, uh, about a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, uh, the uh, CEO, the then CEO of Walt Disney World uh, came out with a statement uh, opposing uh, the the law that uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida had put in place, uh, the so-called Don't Say Gay law, which uh, in- included prohibitions against uh, such things as uh, sexual orientation, teaching, and gender uh, identification, and, and other things. Uh, and, you know, the, the Disney uh, Corporation uh, came out with public comments opposing that, and as a result, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, began to move efforts to take over the property that uh, Disney owns. Uh, and w- without going too far down in the weeds on it, uh, back in 1967, when uh, Disney was acquiring the land upon which they built uh, Walt Disney World, one of the things they did was they established a special uh, taxation zone uh, that uh, is, among other things, a mechanism by which uh, Disney takes care of uh, the grounds, the infrastructure, and pays the taxes for that so that it's not a burden on the Florida residents. Well, uh, the, the upshot of it is, is that uh, in, in uh, retribution or revenge uh, for Disney coming out against his bill, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, proposed or or actually put in place a state board uh, to replace the Disney-appointed board with uh, members uh, loyal to Governor DeSantis. And they would essentially take over uh, control of the land upon which Disney World sits. Now, not taking this lying down, Disney, of course, came in with a proposal of their own uh, where they, uh, before this board, their board was dissolved, they essentially voted control over the development and, um, and, and operation of their property, uh, even though the state, uh, I guess, technically uh, controls it in some form or fashion. Uh, there was an article from CBS News, and uh, a couple of the points you know that we make uh, we're making are are covered there. So, you know, on Monday, um, in in response to the move that uh, Disney made, where basically um, they took away 
the power of the DeSantis appointed board uh, to to uh, manage and control uh, things that go on on the on the Disney property uh, before they took office. So I, I guess we're at round three. Um, but on Monday, uh, Governor DeSantis unveiled a, uh, a legislative push uh, again targeting Disney that if passed uh, would void the agreement they made to strip power from his state appointed board. Um, the 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 move was uh, again in in retaliation for Disney's public opposition to his parental rights and education bill, aka the the aforementioned "Don't Say Gay" bill. And if you read the details of uh, the bill um, that that was put forward by Disney, uh, it really really takes it to um, Governor DeSantis. Essentially, what they did was they put in um, the restrictions on the incoming board that the full developmental power over the property uh, stays with Disney. In addition, they passed uh, another agreement blocking the new district from using the company's name or likenesses of characters without permission. And I think the thing that really uh, ticked off Governor DeSantis was they utilized a, uh, a known and established technique of tying the length of time that legislation can be in effect to uh, some you know, individual. In this case, they tied it to 21 years after the death of the last living heir to King Charles III of England. Now, there's nothing illegal about that, but, you know, if you you think about it, the current last living descendant of King Charles, uh, Princess Lilibet, is two years old right now. So essentially, you know, you could be looking at Disney maintaining control of the development of their property uh, for a hundred years. But anyway, so because this this public uh, call it ridicule or you know rebuke of Florida's governor uh, has aggravated him. He now is coming back with a proposal where he is floating, looking at uh, further not only uh, looking at the legality of the move that Disney took, but he's looking at developing additional. Um, uh, things on the the exterior property around Disney, including such things as low income housing, uh, shopping centers, uh, toll booths on the roads leading into the Disney park, and uh, also uh, floating an idea of putting in a private prison uh, on on the property next to Disney World. Uh, it it is clear that. You know, the the response by the Florida governor um, could be classified as somewhat childish. Uh, and, you know, he's got, you know, real issues in his state that he needs to be focused on uh, rather than, you know, going to battle with, you know, Mickey and Goofy and Donald and uh, Tinkerbell and the, the dwarfs and all of that. Um, most recently... Florida, uh, in fact, a few weeks ago, Florida 
got hit with torrential rainstorms that flooded uh, a good portion of uh, central Florida. And during that time when, you know, you would think a governor is needed to be in his state uh, leading efforts to assist his people, uh, DeSantis was out in Ohio and Iowa and, and other places on his air quotes here book tour, um, the thinly veiled disguise as you know his pre-presidential campaign, uh, and he's widely been criticized for that. That you know his place uh, is to be in Tallahassee, to be you know leading and guiding the efforts at uh, rescuing his his citizens. Uh, correcting you know problems and and resolving the issues created by these storms, not you know gallivanting around the country. So DeSantis con- continues to have you know his issues, but more importantly, the other thing to keep in mind is as I said at, at you know kind of the beginning of this show, I talked about how. Uh, a strategy that the Republicans seem to be playing over and over again is when they find something that is not to their liking, uh, they look at legislating it away rather than finding, you know, uh, solutions to work within the system. They eliminate that little piece of the system. So rather than uh, sit down in good faith and come up uh, iron out their differences, you know, with regard to DeSantis's bill, if there is a solution to be had there, uh, and make sure that, you know, he is available and present to handle the emergency situations that occur in his state, uh, rather than, you know, stomp his feet up and down and hold his breath until his cheeks turn blue, as it seems that he is doing with these legislative uh, proposals that he's making, Um, you know, and not to be too petty about it. It is, in fact, having an impact on his uh, his credibility and on his electability. Now, currently, as you know, uh, former President Trump leads the, the candidates who've announced for the Republican nomination for president. Uh, DeSantis is the, the number two person in the polling, but he is behind by at least uh, 20 points, if not more, as of the last time I looked at the polling. And, you know, this is not helping him. Um, you know, and, you know, the, the article... Uh, that was in um, this this uh, that came from CBS News, excuse me, uh, talks about how this would play out, uh, you know, if he was sitting across the table from, you know, Chinese President Xi or, you know, Russian President Putin uh, trying to work on uh, a, a method of dealing with some of the problems uh, that exist in the world. Um, you know, so it, it, it's interesting. Uh, it, it seems to be, you know, a, a new chapter in the Republican playbook. You know, we've talked many times about strategy and tactics. Uh, it seems that their tactics now are to, uh, when you identify a problem or a law that works 
not in your favor, uh, legislate an end to that law. Rather than you know find a solution that works within the law, get rid of the law. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep you posted. Uh, but the battle between DeSantis and the crew down at Disney World seems to not be over just yet. So stay tuned. There's probably more to come. In other political battles, uh, leaving the great state of Florida for the time being, um, of course, we know that there has been an ongoing uh, battle between Democrats and Republicans on uh, increasing the debt ceiling and uh, the uh, budget for the United States uh, for the uh, coming fiscal year. Uh, and the latest is, is news coming from the Republican side. Uh, the Democrats put forward their budget proposal and uh, their request for a clean uh, debt ceiling uh, bill from the House. And, you know, the Republicans have finally uh, reduced, I'm sorry, have finally uh, released their plan. Now, the Republicans this, this week uh, came out with a 320-page proposal to raise the debt limit uh, and are planning to have a vote coming on this document uh, within the week. Um, now, this is, of course, not without controversy, as most of these uh, debt ceiling bills are. However, uh, the things that the Republicans are proposing uh, are uh, drastic to say the least, and uh, we'll go through a few of them. So according to uh, news articles, uh, the bill lays out a proposal to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, and for those that, that don't know, the debt ceiling is a limit on how much debt the, the government can owe on to pay the country's bills. So they're looking to raise it by one and a half trillion dollars uh, through the end of next March, uh, whichever comes first. Um, so Congress is expected to have until sometime in the summer to raise the roughly $31.4 trillion cap uh, as we have already uh, expired the fiscal year uh, and you know, without having this in place. Now, the government can continue to function. Uh, the Treasury Department has said there are extraordinary measures that they can exercise to continue to pay the bills. But at the, you know, the bottom line is that at some point uh, this coming summer, uh, those will be exhausted and the United States will face a first time in history default on its debt which would have you know, absolutely catastrophic uh, impacts on not only our economy and, and you know, our uh, country, but it would resonate around the world. Remember, the U.S. dollar is a basis currency for many of the uh, currencies of the world. Essentially, we have moved into a, a game of brinksmanship once again, uh, with the uh, full faith and credit of the United States hanging in the balance. Uh, as I said, President Biden uh, insisted on a clean debt limit increase, but uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, 
uh, brought forward his debt ceiling bill that includes a slew of GOP policy proposals Republicans are saying uh, that will generate about four and a half trillion dollars in savings. Uh, some of the features of this bill include uh, budget caps, uh, where the bill would impose limits on government funding um, hashed by lawmakers annually as part of the appropriation uh, process. The measure would revert funding for fiscal 2024 to fiscal 2022 levels and limit spending growth to 1% annually over the next 10 years. What that means is they would um, basically fund government programs at 2022 levels, uh, essentially uh, freezing everything where it is, and I'll only allow the government to raise uh, spending growth by 1% a year. Uh, now, 1% of you know, 31 some odd trillion dollars is still a significant amount of money, but uh, setting a limit on how much more the government could spend each year could put some uh, difficult restrictions on what the United States has to do. Um, and while the idea has you know, support of a you know, large group of uh, Republicans, um, you know, there is still uh, unclear about what effect the bill would have on such staples as defense funding and thus on non-defense funding as well. Uh, as the legislative text fails to include language explicitly excluding defense programs from cuts. And this is uh, nothing unusual. Uh, back in the Obama administration, the Tea Party uh, came through with what was called the sequester program, which listed out mandatory cuts that needed to happen uh, any time that uh, you know, budget increases uh, became necessary. So, you know, it uh, impacts, you know, defense funding, veterans funding, uh, puts those on the chopping block uh, or cuts other critical programs by more than 22 percent uh, to a, a level lower than the 2022 level. Um, so, you know, the the upshot here is. While the Democrats want to have a clean bill, the Republicans are looking to tie it to uh, mandatory spending cuts, uh, not just in, you know, um, discretionary spending, uh, which is uh, about 30% of the annual federal budget, but they've also, you know, looked at cutting some of the things that uh, usually are sacred cows in, in terms of the budget process, including uh, defense spending. Now, you know, it, it is clear that there will be a fight over this. Uh, another component that the Republicans are proposing is to uh, roll back several Biden administration actions on student loans, including the uh, loan repayment pause and a sweeping plan to provide widespread forgiveness. Essentially, they want to eliminate the loan forgiveness uh, commitment that President Biden put forward uh, and, um, you know, save the money among that way. Um, so there's also uh, components that uh, target the uh, large chunk of 
the uh, energy proposals that were included uh, in the infrastructure plan, for example, uh, the Lowering Energy Cost Act uh, aimed at, you know, the, the proposals aimed at boosting oil and gas production and mining, cutting down on the time it takes to green light energy projects, as well as uh, reducing uh, funding going to several components uh, under the energy section of the Infrastructure Act. Uh, another one that seems to be generating uh, an, an outsized amount of controversy controversy is uh, increasing the work requirements for uh, families who receive various uh, uh, nutrition uh, assistance program benefits, um, changes proposed to the, uh, the TANF program, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, uh, and it would also outline work requirements for Medicaid, uh, which, depending on who you are talking to, would uh, mandate a 20 or 30 hour per week work requirement uh, for people getting uh, mandates. Another section of the bill uh, would look to reach out and uh, draw back any unspent COVID uh, relief funds uh, that were issued under the American Rescue Plan uh, and you know, return those to the government. The uh, Inflation Reduction Act that was also passed uh, as a signature piece of President Biden's domestic agenda uh, has, you know, a, a, an outlay in it for uh, funding uh, boost for the Internal Revenue Service uh, to add additional employees. Now, the Republicans stated that, you know, this, this bill was going to fund additional IRS agents uh, who would be tasked with going after the wealthiest uh, uh, people in the country who don't pay taxes. But, you know, the, the information coming out of the IRS is that this money would be to fund employment positions throughout the agency, uh, mostly due to retirements and, you know, other cutbacks uh, that have reduced their workforce. So, you know, there's, you know, controversy there, too. So it looks like we're going to get into a rather uh, nasty battle over uh, what's going to be done to increase the debt limit and stabilize the budget. Now, you know, what gets done is, you know, going to be uh, a, a, a battle process, because even though the Republicans can propose, you know, any cuts they want, uh, the Democrats and President Biden have already said that, for the most part, uh, these would probably be dead on arrival as they continue to push for what is called a clean uh, debt bill. That is, no, no additional funding, no omnibus uh, measures included, and so forth. So it remains to be seen uh, what's going to be done with the debt, uh, but we are already, you know, most of the way through April. Summertime is coming. And that deadline is looming. So the idea, the Republican strategy is to, you know, delay, delay until we come up to the 11th hour and then use that leverage to force Democrats to accede to uh, the things that they are proposing. So it remains to be seen how that's going to work out. But of course, we will keep an eye on it and keep you posted as to the progress that's being made and, you know, what kind of deals look like they are going to wind up on the table. 
but it is something that you know we need to make sure that we are communicating with our elected officials in the House, uh, particularly, but in the Senate as well, so that they understand where we, the people, fall on the things that they are going to propose uh, to be done. So, as I said, we will keep you posted, and we will let you know what happens. Uh, so it's you know as I, as I said last time and repeat again, it's not the first time you'll hear me say this. Uh, strap in. We are now fully into campaign season, and you know it's uh, let's make a deal on steroids time in Washington D.C. So, um, turning the page and, and kind of taking a a a tangent. One of the things I ran across uh, just recently um, is an interesting website uh, that is called. Uh, isidewith.com that's i-s-i-d-e-w-i-t-h dot com uh, this is a polling website and uh, one of the things as I, as I dug through it and I, I recommend you give it a look uh, they have uh, polling questions and have uh, reached out uh, to you know to individuals um, so to give you an idea, um, I side with is a uh, political site. Uh, they issue out polls that are, uh, for the most part, they are nonpartisan polls. They just ask basic questions. Um, and according to the site, 56 million 700 plus thousand uh, voters um, use the eyesight with sun for various things, including finding uh, candidates that match uh, their thinking. So what this site does is they will put out uh, various uh, topics, and there's a whole bunch of them. Um, I, I, I recommend that you check the site out, uh, even though, you know, again, it is uh, a, a polling site but uh, the, the questions are worded very straightforward. Uh, they appear to be uh, unbiased. And you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple of them and, and show you the results. Uh, for example, there was one here on, on the, the top page talking about hate speech. And <clears throat> the poll question is, should hate speech be protected by the First Amendment? And it gives you the results. And in this case, 60% uh, of the respondents said yes, 40% said no. But then they also break it down by several different groups. Uh, they break it down by party. They break it down by ethnicity. They break it down by income. So it, it you know, again, it is uh, a, a very straightforward um, polling question. And they give you... Uh, answers uh, or the results uh, based on you know their respondents uh, in a very nonpartisan sense. Um, so another one that they have up on the site uh, that I'll give you is: Should the government support a separation of church and state by removing references to God on money, federal buildings, and national monuments? Now in this poll. Uh, the yes vote was 28%, 
the no vote was 72%. And if you go and look at under the party dropdown, you'll see that it, it carries through under Democrats. Uh, it's 37% yes, 63% no. Under Republicans, it is 96% uh, no and 4% yes, uh, sort of to be expected. So you get a sense here that uh, this is an interesting site that can be very useful uh, as you are seeking information on various political topics. Now, I'm not saying that, that you know, this is the be-all and end-all of polls, but it gives you that starting point uh, with what the, the national sentiment is so that it can help you frame your uh, point of reference. And, I mean, they cover uh, social issues, uh, they cover domestic policy issues, they cover education issues, economic issues, uh, very, very wide-ranging uh, healthcare issues are in there, uh, immigration issues. So it really parallels a lot of the discussion going on uh, in, in the country today. And it, it's a pretty good... Uh, source of information, a pretty good source of getting a sense of where your fellow Americans are with these issues. So again, I, I, I do recommend you check it out, and I'll put a link to it uh, along with the, the show coverage on the Facebook page, so it'll be there. So very interesting. I will be digging into it, so you will hear this mentioned uh, going forward. Uh, looks like something, I, I kind of like this. So, all right, um, looking at the clock, that looks like that's about our time. So we will, uh, we will wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening again each week. I do appreciate it. If you have comments or questions, uh, please uh, send an email to the show at W, I'm sorry, at firedupradio at yahoo.com. Uh, please go to the WJMS Media website. Check out the links for the Lung Force Walk. Uh, find out, uh, you know, the where and the when. And if you can, uh, go down to the site, search for Team WJMS, and donate to our team. Help sponsor us on the walk. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. All right, everyone. Have a safe week. Uh, be safe. Stay protected. And I look forward to doing this all again with you in seven days. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.